Mr. Pop. Digby Richards, people call me country. Another Aussie song in there. Hey, hey, what was that last song called? People call me what? Hey, Brian. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Hi and welcome to another edition of Ruck and Roll. My name's Kevin Hillier and with me, of course, is Brian Mannix, rock star. Thank you, Kevin, for Hello. that. Thank you. Hello, Thank Brian. you, Kevin, for that beautiful introduction. Hello, Brian. Well, you're taking the piss oh. out of me already, are you? No, not at all, not at all. I just can't <laughs> wait to talk about your bowel function. Oh, thanks anyway, very much. Well, uh, can I just say firstly, well, thanks for getting out of bed for the program this week. It's <laughs> a bloody, uh, bloody massive effort for you. Yeah, we really yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> Don't we, Mark Fine, uh, raconteur, broadcaster and, uh, and pool man. Um, how are you, Fine? I'm well. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, uh, Yoko. <laughs> uh, there was a bit of yeah. I want to start. I want to start this program with a quote. Now, I don't often oh, watch. Good. I don't often watch this show, but I did because I wanted to see this interview, and this interview did not let me down. And I want to start the show with a quote because in sixty minutes from now we might feel like this because I think you okay. know we things get said on this program that occasionally you go oh don't know but uh, I think we should yeah. take take this with us in the next sixty minutes and I quote uh. the delightful Sharon Stone as she appeared on a current affair last night when she said these words regrets are like farts you can't take them back they're stinky and they're out there gee whiz I would. She had a bowel problem. <laughs> sounds, like got, sounds like she got cooked. Uh, there you go. Uh, and uh, the look on Tracy, you, the look on Tracy Grimshaw's you, face was priceless. Oh, she's looking like a couch these days, Tracy Grimshaw. <laughs> Stop it. Um, so were you reckon that's what uh, Sharon Stone was doing in Fatal Attraction when she had no undies on and she crosses her legs? She's actually let down a bit of a fart. Anything's possible. And can you can you believe this? Um, they're doing a director's XXXX-rated um, release of that film with another uh, camera angle or something on that particular scene for some reason, and she's... Uh, Unable to stop it being stop it from coming out. Well, that was the whole, that was the whole problem with the first place. Yeah. <laughs> She's unable to stop it coming out, yes. and um, it was a it was one of the highlights of the film. I think. Well, it's one of those ones where the 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 video copies were just apparently when you got them from the uh, from the rental shops. That was that bit was worn to buggery, but the rest of it, yeah, it's a, it's an iconic movie, Mum. But it's one of those ones where, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised she doesn't have control over it being released again. But they're doing apparently, she said in this interview, an, an XXXX rated uh, version of it. I know, I know when they filmed it, they filmed a whole lot of sex scenes that never made it to the. Thing that they um, they filmed them so that they can chop them out, so that the sensor would say, "Well, they chopped this bit out, they chopped that." They'll bit leave out. that so, bit in. Yeah, yeah. I reckon they're going to have some good bits to leave in. I forgot it was Newman from Seinfeld who was the bloke who was doing the you know piercing interview with her. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it looks really funny now. That was a kid. You <laughs> see Newman there and, <laughs> and Sharon's Sharon's Vajutti. Yes. Ah, there you go. Uh, so yeah, I wanted uh-huh. to start. I wanted to start the program with a little bit of Sharon Stone because she. Uh, well, you started the program straight away with parts of the John. Oh no, 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 I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I'm sure I didn't. Um, uh, how's your well, week? I didn't bring it up. 
<laughs> how's your week been, Finey? Let's move to Finey quickly. Uh, how's your week been, Mark? Yeah, it's been uh, good. I became a great uncle. Oh, good. Well done. Most, yes, yes, quite the, uh, quite the achievement there. I might have mentioned that last week, but I've seen little Elliot. And, um, Elliot. I mean, the, the the highlight really is a little sort of um, homemade film, video, whatever you call off the phone with my mother and Elliot, just the great-grandmother and the little baby. Very oh, uh, lovely. Oh, very nice. nice. Very nice. Very yeah, nice. What about... Nice that, you know, finally comes in and talks about a beautiful grandchild. All right. You come in talking fast as a giant. All right. Well, it, with Kevin. What about your week, Mannix? What did you do? <laughs> ah, just full of fast as a giant. Yeah, right. Uh, oh, yes, okay. Yes, fine. Right. <laughs> no, my week's been... Quite good. I've been sort of gearing up to um, do a few little things to get the campaign show together and um, starting to go over because we've got the Wilbury show we're going to do. So I've got some things coming up. So I've had to start to do a little bit of practice and rehearsal and get my mind right. Oh, good. Hey, can I uh, can I uh, mention something now? You, you can talk about it if you want to or you can't. You don't have to if you don't want to. But did you meet Shane Warne during the week? I did meet Shane Warne during the week and um, that was a thrill for me, and he told me that when he and his brother, I think, came to see the X-Men, they got into a punch-on with somebody after the gig, so that was good. So I told him that Mick Malloy, when he came to see the X-Men down in Frankston, he got arrested after the show, yes. And but Mick Malloy reckons the way we played, we should have been arrested, yes. so there you go. Yes, <laughs> there you go. And uh, did your morning, uh, you know, share your hair care tips or uh, anything? No, like that? no, no. He's, he's gone the short hair and I've gone the long. We've gone down different paths with regards to the hairdo and uh, – you know that's okay too. That's all right. Now you mentioned Johnny's I can't believe man. you mentioned I can't believe it's not countdown. Um, when yeah. is that? That that must be. Uh, well, that must be pretty close. Is that July? That's starting. I'll tell you exactly when it starts. When do we rehearse? We rehearse on about the twentieth of June. Twentieth of June, I think we start yeah. rehearsing, and then the first show is at Brisbane as a Q pack on the thirtieth and thirty first of uh, July. Then we go to the Enmore on the 8th and 7th of August in Sydney, and then Perth on the 20th, uh, 21st, and then Melbourne on the 27th, and Adelaide on the 28th. So wow. that's all good. Yeah, Very good. Tickets are selling well, and uh, you know, we've still got a couple of people we need to cast, but um, we're going all right. I'm available. Okay. <laughs> well, I've got Gavin Wood, actually. He's, uh, oh. sort of, he sort of owns that countdown gig. <laughs> you got the bloke. Yeah. Trust you to get the bloke who actually was the you know the voice of Countdown, the second the second well, voice after Paul well, Turner. I reckon yeah. you'd be cheaper. You'd be cheaper. Oh, I don't know you about know. that. No, Gavin. As soon as anything to do with Countdown, he's fee doubles. So. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Good <laughs> he, on him. He's got Good the market. He's got the mar- He's got the market by the balls above. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, good on you, Gav. That's the way to go. Uh, get, that, yeah. get that little <laughs> sting, that Mannix bugger. Uh, go for it. Oh, yeah, Finey's available. Finey, Finey, Finey looks like several rock stars from the 80s. Well, yeah. The only reason Brian's using Gavin is so on the poster they can say, we've got wood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I reckon Finey would do a really good Paul Weller. I reckon Finey's got a bit of Paul Weller about him. Oh, right. Paul Weller. Okay. Don't you Weller, reckon? Weller, Weller. Don't you reckon? Oh, 
Don't know, really. Um, Fine, yeah, I reckon. Yeah, you got a bit of. I reckon uh, any slimmer days, you could have. Uh, you could have done an. Um, uh, what's his name? Fred from the Machinations. I reckon you look a bit like him sometimes. You could probably do Fred from the Machinations now. No, hasn't Fred lost? Uh, didn't Fred put on a bit of weight? Yeah. Yeah, actually, but you can do Fred, Kev. Oh, thanks. <laughs> oh, thanks, Brian. Oh, this is your shit co-host. <laughs> <Life of> Brian. <laughs> uh, the new episode of Life of Brian, incidentally, is up. Uh, went up uh, today. It features Leo Sayer, uh, Grace Knight, me, and my shit co-host Brian Mannix. <laughs> I have to hear it to understand yes, what that's all about. You will uh, have a listen, and you'll you'll understand what we're on about. Hey, uh, finally, uh, I, I, I know we'll talk some more in-depth footy a little later on, but. Uh, has the football world gone officially, you know, batshit crazy? <laughs> what is that? Well, gone? you know, well, they're just the, the cameras that are everywhere and, uh, you know, a bloke grabs someone on the bum and we've got footage of that. Well, do people, I mean, I, 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 didn't, I wasn't watching that game at that particular time, but are people just sitting there looking for that sort of stuff in every camera angle that you can find to try and find? Because so, normally you wouldn't even notice that, would you? Absolutely pathetic, wasn't it? Just a... You know, it's fair dinkum. A little rap on the arse. And the AFL comes straight out. You know, we've spoken to clubs about that. You know, what, what was the conversation? Okay, <laughs> children, here's the human body. Here's the you're not allowed to touch. Here's the no-touching zone. You know, I mean, fair dinkum. Yes, I'm with you. I'm with you. I just... I just wonder, you know, what we're what we're looking for, what we're watching sport for these days. If we, if that's what we're picking up, and not, you know, the other stuff that goes on. I just, you know, I mean, if he was dead, which he's not, John Hopalata would be rolling in turning road. <laughs> 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 yes, up there, Hopalati. <laughs> uh, now. Uh, I- and that stuff with the bum grabbing too. Like, I've ever back in St. Bernard's, you know, the teacher would be talking to you. So the bloke behind would fucking grab your arm and ask and give you a wedgie or something. Yeah. And the trick was not to, you know, to keep your composure while the teacher was talking to you. So I imagine that's what they're doing. So, like, I'm a coach and say, yeah, I'll give you a slap on the ass so you can keep a straight face. Yep. Exactly right. Yep. You know, I mean, uh, make a big deal out of something. Or make a big deal out of everything, and I guarantee you, the AFL will come back to bite you on the. No, I can't <laughs> say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, whoops! You just went into the no touching zone again. Funny. What are you? Yeah, thinking? that's right. What are you doing? Yeah. What's going on there? Uh, yeah, I just I wonder the stuff that you know we watch. Hey, the other one that finally I wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, just in the sporting world. Um, Cameron Bancroft's yeah. come out and said that there's more to the sandpaper gate thing, and the bowlers must have known, and it would, you know that they did know, and uh, we'll never really know the truth about this. And uh, I, I know you're, a, I know you wrote the encyclopedia of cricketers and stuff, but and you're a mad cricket fan. Um, it still makes me sick in the guts every time I see the footage because I just think, why did we do it? Um, what What's your thoughts on that? This continues to fester. It was a terrible look, no question about it. But we've got to put it in a little bit of context, don't we? I mean, yeah. you know, the South Africans have been playing funny buggers for a, a, a little while at that point, 
familiar team that was sort of on the way down trying to hang on. Um, and I think just unfortunately at that point we had – you remember the old SS Minnow? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, now, the skipper might have been brave and sure, <laughs> but the first mate, you know, he might have been brave, but he was a trick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of feeling at the time, with Warner, with Warner as vice captain, Gilligan might have been the Batilla. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I really just think it's a case of, you know, um, a very good opening batsman, but somebody as thick as a whale omelette being given a little bit of responsibility. And, and you know, a couple of young cricketers, unfortunately, sort of too nervous to say no. It was a stupid idea that went too far that has well and truly seen the involved punish. Yep. To go back over with a fine tooth cone, you know, what are we going to find out? Official. We'll have a, a, special, a second official inquiry. You know what the, the findings will be, guys? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Second official inquiry. The sandpaper gate confirmed. Dave Warner is a freaking idiot. <laughs> 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 yes. Yes. And Steve Smith is a strange cat. Because let's be honest, he's one strange cat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so you've got a captain who... Three a.m. in the morning, you know. Stephen Smith will go to three a.m. in the morning. You know the only place you find him, the brothel, it's... in the net with a, in the net with an automatic slow down machine. Yep. Uh, or you know, or, so sh- or some... shadow batting in his room or something stupid like that. Correct. They got some crazy cricket overlord and his deputy. Yeah. 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 The guy who did that ad for the. Remember when he did that TV ad? That first ad he did. The one with the tree was that the one with the tree and the fo- was that the phone one? I think it was the one with the tree because I thought, gee, that tree's smarter than I thought. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. You know, again, what did we learn out of the whole episode? For me, on a holistic basis, New South Wales keep, you know, keep making sure that cricket is run by New South Welshmen, and we're bound to get inside. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, there's nothing more to learn other than more personality details on the people involved. And that is lack of intelligence, blind, well, not blind um, observance to the captain and and vice-captain and and sort of yes, sir, no, sir. But, of course, when you're in and out of the team, you do what you're told. Yeah. There is a bit. Of, there is a bit of blind. There is a bit of blind faith about that. You do do actually. You know where you are on the totem pole of Australian cricket, and and Cam Bancroft in that team was probably the number ten or number eleven, really. And, and that can swing straight back to Essendon and the Asada affair. You, know, you got all these footballers being told what to do. Yep. Exactly at what point during a footballer's career can you turn around and say, "No, get stuffed. I'm not doing it." You know, we're point about 150 games in. Not many players are 150 games in. Yep. Yep. 
Same, no. in, it's the same thing in any workplace, really, when you look at it. Do you, there's a certain amount of time where you just do what you're told and then at some stage you've actually got the the clout, um, you know, or as Seinfeld you say, you've got the hand um, and you turn around and go, no, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. I remember when, when I was doing stuff on RSM with you and start <laughs> off with you, you get me to come in wearing a bikini <laughs> and do a small Hawaiian Shh. pineapple you know, pizza. Shh. Don't tell anybody. It took me quite a few episodes to say no to the pizza. Of course, I like wearing the pizza, so no <laughs> <Yeah>. problem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, let's have a look at the footy tips from last week. Before you, while, we're, while we're talking about sport, let's talk about footy because the footy's good at the moment. Thank you. Uh, now, uh, last week uh, was one of your better weeks, Brian. You got seven. Yeah, ever mate. Did well. I got seven, and finally you uh, you blotted your copybook. You dropped one. You only got six. Well done, fellas. So we've uh, oh, wow. we've caught up one. So the standing fifty three for finally fifty two for me, Brian. You're uh, gaining. You uh, have gone up to uh, forty five. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. So we All got right. another big round of. Uh, finally, got to ask you your your mob uh, should have beaten Geelong, shot themselves in the foot. Uh, your, they, they could have won that game. Big game. Easily won that game. I would have thought. Yep. Oh, not easily. That's not probably not fair. But I mean, you're. The, no, they could have won it. They definitely could have won it. Yeah. You know, bad kicking, bad football, and that I, I go fifty percent of could have won it to terrible kicking. And 50% really losing our most important play just after half-time rally market. So that's where that is. It's funny. There are are injuries. Everyone has an injury toll. You'd be very very hard-pressed to find a game where a team doesn't lose at least one player, given we've been watching that medical sub come on. Uh, But you can can lose a player and it doesn't have a great effect, but there's some players you lose, and he's, he's the one for St Kilda. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a, that's a whole case of two, two ruckmen and a big boy resting up forward. That's, you yep. know, that, that's what puts the extra burden on, on teams. Yep. And um, uh, poor old Maxie, I felt—I I must admit—in the end, I felt sorry for King because I just thought it wouldn't matter. You're you're in that situation now where you couldn't hit a cow on the ass with a frying pan. <laughs> no, and you know. Unfortunately, look, he played bloody well. He did. He, he was around the ground marking the ball, so he'll, he'll sort that out. Yep. And, and uh, as you know, I don't know whether you got the letter from the AFL, absolutely not allowed to hit cows in the ass with Bonson. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Don't do it. My mistake. <laughs> My mistake. Got that wrong no, again. No, no. Hit him. Hit him. Hit him over the head. No, you can't. No, the head's sacrosanct. The head and the bum now are sacrosanct. Oh, yeah. They're the two. Oh. You've got to get that. That's the other letter that's come out. The head's the head's been sacrosanct for a while now, but now the bum is sacrosanct as well. Oh, give them a good belt in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, they haven't. They haven't um, uh, there's a, still a few areas we can attack. All right, let's, uh, let's get to the tips and have a look at the tips for this week. There's some good games, and none better than the Friday night game, the Brisbane Lions. Uh, taking on Richmond up at the Gabba. Brian? Stuff go down to her. <laughs> no, go the Tigers. Good on you. Okay, Richmond. Jeez, you hold a grudge, don't you? I do, and I will continue to. I know. <laughs> Finally, you're a man of, uh, you know, your equilibrium is, is well balanced. Uh, who do you think will win this game? You know, the Lions, do you know, 
the only there are only two countries in the world where lions and tigers live sort of together in the wild in the same area. Okay, I'll have a guess and say India and Africa. Well done. Is that right? Africa's not a country. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, Don't worry, it's not in Africa. Don't worry. I'll be somewhere silly. India and... Go on, Brian, have a guess. What? Where do tigers... Yeah, the tigers and the lions. Yeah. um, That'd be uh, Thailand. It would have been back in the day, but that's not correct. No. Uh, the, the only places are India and northern China. Oh, really? Yep. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, the northern Chinese haven't eaten them. <laughs> <laughs> that was Brian. That was Brian. <laughs> oh, look, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, if somebody started eating a bat, you reckon they're going to worry about a Bengal tiger? They're going to go, right, let's eat this thing and ground its bones down and oh, make it get right. direction. We don't, need, we don't need the Nigella Lawson cookbook on it. Thanks. We, got, we've, we understand what, you, what you're saying. Yeah. Well, we're talking footies. You well, don't mind. Yeah. Well, if it moves, <laughs> if it, moves eat it, I think, is the, uh, is the name of that book. Um, so well, who, you pick, way. Who, who are you picking, Finey? Uh the more delectable lion. The lions. Oh, I'm going the lions too. I think just at the Gabbo, and I, I think I think Richmond played terrific on the weekend, no doubt about that, and won one that they probably shouldn't have won. But I'm just not convinced that they're back in town, so to speak. Mm. Carlton, and, I, and I, I don't have any grudges. Carlton take on Hawthorne. The Saturday games is a good Saturday games. Carlton play Hawthorne. Hawthorne are as low as the snakes. Uh, finally, you couldn't pick Hawthorne, could you? Honestly, the way they go, they could finish on the. I can't use that word. Oh, they could P-O-G finish on. <laughs> they could finish on the. Um, they could get the wooden play. spoon, but they wouldn't be allowed to get the wooden spoon on the bottom like we used to as children. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. They could finish on the eighteenth. Yeah. Carlton. Carlton to win, uh, Mr. Mannix? Um, no, I can't bring myself to back Carlton. They probably will win, but um, <sighs> I think the Hawks are going to have a good hard look at themselves this week and say, hang on, we're shit. We've got to raise our game. Right. So I'm going for the Hawks. But the logic of your footy tips is all to do about the individuals. So you've picked Richmond because you don't yeah. want Joe Danaher. You've picked Hawthorne <laughs> because you, you can't bring yourself to tip Carlton because of your mate who's oh. a Carlton supporter. Yeah. I'm going, right. I'm going Carlton to beat Hawthorne. I think Hawthorne is shot. Geelong Cats take on the Gold Coast Suns, GMHBA Stadium. I think you put the Cats down for this one, don't you, boys? Yes. Yep. <laughs> Adelaide Crows take on the all-conquering Melbourne at Adelaide Oval. I think we're all going to put Melbourne, aren't we? Yeah. I'd love to do a Crow call, but Melbourne. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, the Doggies and St Kilda. Oh, here we go, finally. Uh, our boys match up against each other. Marvel Stadium, Saturday night at 7.25. Uh, I'm looking forward to this game. You are a bit of a nemesis for us um, over the years. We've never had comfortable times against you. I remember a couple of games where we've lost by, you know, one or two points. So, Brian, you're the voice of reason here because you're not uh, aligned to either club. Who are you tipping? 
Um, I, I, I'm a very big fan of Bond and Pally, and uh, I think that the dogs are a very, very good team, and I think the Saints are becoming a good team. But at the moment, I would rate the dogs as a better team than the Saints. Right. No individual uh, sort of you know bias either way. You just straight down. The well, they're line. all a bunch of they're all a bunch of pricks, Kevin. To be <laughs> honest, so you can flip a coin, really. But I think the Saints have got more pricks in them than uh, the Bulldogs. So we'll go for the Bulldogs. Right. Finally, you going with your boys? Do you think you can win it? I think we can. Yep. Oh, oh. So I think we will. Yeah, okay. I'll keep St Kilda. All right. Giving St Kilda. Looking forward to that game. Should be good. Uh, Frio take on the Sydney Swans at Optus Stadium. So this one's in Perth. So no uh, no Sydney bias here, Brian. It's, can, the, uh, can, the, can the Swans take their umpires with them? No, they won't they be travelling with them. probably can't. No. Um, Frio aren't much good. No, they're not. Um, no. They, you know, we were lucky to beat them this week. But, um, yeah, no, it's... Oh, was it Swans? That, no, look, I think Freo are a bit shit. I think I'll go to the Swans. Swans? I'm going for the Swans as well. Finally, what do you think? Good game, this. I'm going to go for Freo. Freo to win? Okay. And uh, now we move to Sunday. You've got the Giants and the West Coast Eagles in Sydney at Giants Stadium. Brian, does that uh, cloud your view? Uh, it does, actually. Um I don't think, we've, as we've discussed before, I don't think the Eagles travel too well. Mm. And those Sydney umpires will be up there and the kids, the Swans are away. They'll be putting all their efforts into uh, Greater Western Sydney. So Greater Western Sydney to come out on top. No Toby Green. He's out for four weeks, their best player. Oh, right. West Coast Eagles, Kev. <laughs> Or uh, 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 it, it sometimes uh, sometimes staggers me how hard it is to change your mind, Brian. <laughs> it's such an ongoing challenge for me. Finey, oh, you, goodness. Who are you tipping, Finey? I'm going to the Eagles. Yeah, I'm going to go to the Eagles as well. The Toby Green factor there for me. Collingwood take on Port Adelaide at the MCG on Sunday afternoon. She was Port Adelaide. Uh, uh, well, they've beaten my very good team. Uh, can Collingwood beat them? No. Okay. I dropped, no. I dropped my pen. That's why I was taking my time. Uh, Port Adelaide. No. Okay, Port Adelaide for Brian. What about you, Finey? Definitely Port Adelaide. Yeah, I think so. And the final game is Essendon to take on the Giant Killers, North Melbourne at Marvel Stadium. <laughs> You're worried about this, aren't you, Brian? Oh, I'm very, very worried about this. It's the sort of game that Essendon will lose. You know, we'll probably go and beat West Coast over in West Coast the week after that we'll lose to North Melbourne. Um, I'll pick the Bombers, but with no confidence at all. Right, Essendon. Finey? Essendon. Right. All right, there you go. So that's uh, standings, Finey on 53, me on 52, and Brian's on uh, 45 after after round nine. So, gee whiz, round 10 already. It's gone bloody quick this season. Very quick indeed. Yes. Wanted to uh, wanted to mention uh, the other sporting thing I wanted to mention because I, I, this got a little bit lost, I reckon. 
Lauren Jackson's been announced uh, that uh, in October or November or whenever it is, that she'll go into the uh, American Basketball Hall of Fame. I reckon that's massive, Finey. That's a huge achievement. First Australian player ever. She was a mighty basketballer. So it is a great achievement. And once again, it really does remind us that when it comes to sport in this country, female sports stars are head and shoulders above their male counterparts. Yep. Yeah. You know, there, there is, at the moment, a school of thought, and we've got to celebrate this. I mean, this is not talked about enough, and I certainly followed it very closely. It's incredible to think, but we have the world's number one soccer player. So, you yeah. know, but Samantha Kerr has just come off winning the golden boot for the highest scorer in England. <coughs> She is a superstar. Yep. I've got Optus on my phone so I can watch the hammers and I I watch her highlights every week. She doesn't just score goals. I mean, she kicks them. She's a great header of the ball, but she sets up goals. She's a superstar. Yep. I've also started watching Ash Barty on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pity, you know, she was winning comfortably against the young American uh, over in Italy, he just pulled out of the tournament. She was runner-up in the previous tournament, won the previous on clay, all leading up to defending her French Open title. So she's the world number one. I mean, that is rarefied air, isn't it? The number one tennis player, the number one soccer player, celebrating the great Lauren Jackson, whereas our blokes were very ho-hum. Yeah. So well done, Bill. Yeah, by yeah. Com- by comparison, who'd be our number one soccer player? Uh, was uh, Aaron Moy for a while because he was playing in the EPL, but I, I don't think we've got it. Oh, Matty Ryan's oh, Matty Ryan's the only one playing in the EPL now. So yeah, Matty Ryan. EPL, I think. I don't think he's got a job anymore. Was he playing for Man United or somebody good? Who? Well, Matty Ryan's gone to Arsenal. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. But only the reserve goalkeeper. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Brighton and Hove Albion got rid of him. Yeah. There's a, there's a young Australian, I can't remember who he plays for, but he came on as sub for one of the lower teams a couple of times recently. Matthew Malongo? Is it him? Malongo? No. No, uh, okay. No. In terms of EPL, we've got no Aussie starting at all. Yeah. Yeah, you know, which is disappointing. And who'd be um, who'd be our number one? Is um, uh, the Alex De Manua would be our number one ranked men's player now? I would imagine. Yeah, that sounds right. So oh, he's and he's. So, I don't think he's top twenty. So um, yeah, there's a yeah, there's a so massive I'll disparity there, isn't there? Yeah. Well, there you go. I like yeah. what. No, I like what Lauren Jackson said. I saw her on the project last night, and. Um, you're talking about uh, Shane Hill's daughter who'd just been drafted. Shyla. Into yep. this. Yeah. And what she said, she said, what advice would you give to her? She said, well, just go in there with a chip on your shoulder and take them on. <laughs> and I just, I really like that with a chip on your shoulder. And I think that if you think about really good sports people, they do have a chip on their shoulder. They're like, no, oh, stop it. I'm going to beat this trick. Yep. And yeah, you want people with a chip on their shoulder. And that's what, Footballers used to be, they used to be the bullies at school. They didn't give a shit about getting hurt and stuff. And now 
you've got all these athletes that don't have a chip on their shoulder and they're not as good because they can run all day, but they don't have that bit of bastard in them that wants to win at all costs. Yeah, that uh, that killer instinct, I guess, is what it what it boils down to, isn't it? That never, never, well, if never you went give to up. Say, if you went to St. Bernard, you graduated with a chip on both shoulders. So <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh. Mm, Simon Madden said that. <laughs> and uh, he's a good man, Simon. Yes, he is. Don't all people who graduate from St. Bernard have a little flask of whiskey connected under their chin? Um, yeah. Well, where's this going, Barney? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> Isn't that oh, I see. So, Bernard's is just a little, yeah, like the what? Yeah, like that. Yeah, you get a little barrel, barrel of whiskey. whiskey. Yeah. yeah, a little barrel. Yeah, a little barrel of whiskey under your chin. Patron, I mean, that's a great idea. Patron saint of the alcoholic dog. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yes. Now, do you, do you guys ever watch TV and eat dinner at the same time? Yeah, Always, all the time. Yeah, correct. Last night I got a very good reason why you shouldn't. Never eat dinner while watching TV. Because? Because I I choked. I could have died. I could have been killed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go on. What happened? I was watching TV and an ad came on confirming a new season, and I think it's on tonight, an episode of that. And I use the word very loosely, comedy, that Peter Hellyer is in. Oh, how to stay married. Now, how, how, he, he must have photos, stared in <laughs> And I'll tell you something about the episode, right? Yeah, go on. So, so thin is the writing. I mean, it is, you know, these scripts are like, Boarding house scrapes of butter for Jeff. <laughs> yeah. That I can tell you, having watched that ad for one minute, what the entire episode is about, and I've probably seen the only two jokes in the entire episode. Yep. <laughs> so this episode is Pete and his wife. What's her name? Uh, that's uh, Lisa McCune. Yeah, Lisa think. McCune. Get invited or get roped in to the local, might be school or whatever. Trivia night. At uh, some point during the evening, Lisa McEwen sneaks out because it's a dry evening and there's no alcohol. She ends up back at home where there's a street party, so she's getting pissed and dancing in the street. The big deciding question of the trivia night is her favourite subject. Surprise, surprise. Who wrote this? <laughs> Somebody in grade four. <laughs> And the episode ends up with him going back and getting very angry at Lisa because she pissed off and they're all having a great time, having a party, having a drink in the street, and I'm guessing he ends up going in and having a drink as well. But that was the one-minute ad. There you go. And I'll tell you, in, in one word, having watched a couple of episodes of that program last year, it reconfirms the fact that Australians, I think, have just about the best sense of humour in the world. You know, you go around and travel around other countries and we've just got a great sense of humour. But we cannot, for some reason, translate it to TV and very rarely to the big screen. But our efforts at sitcoms on TV have been a national disgrace. Yeah. 
I couldn't agree with you more. I actually wrote yeah, a, that- I put a post up on social media the other day about two things I watched in the last 10 days. One was an episode of Doctor Doctor and the other one was uh, about five minutes of how to stay married and I wrote a, a, my post was about the fact that the writing was made people look like they were shallow, stupid and couldn't couldn't speak with more than one sentence at a time to hold a conversation. Yeah. I tell you what else is really badly written, I reckon. I can't understand how it is because it's dreams. I reckon that's just such a formula. I'll say something, then somebody says something dumb, then somebody says something dumber, and then the fourth person says, hey, you guys are pretty dumb. It's just <laughs> terrible. Yes, yeah. It just goes round and round with who's the dumb in this piece of conversation. Yep. It's just stupid. Yep. Yeah, we we said we 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 dumbed down our comedy something shocking, and that that um, how to stay married is a perfect example of it. There's all those really bad, um, embarrassed dad jokes that you know. Once you've seen one of those, you just go, okay, that's that one. Move on. And I liked um, the last of the Australians with Alwyn Kirk. That was a good show. <laughs> and Rosie Sturgis. Yeah, and then Maury Fields would come in and you'd play Barney every now and then. And Howard Church would see Maury and he'd go, Barney, you old bastard. <laughs> and they'd hug each other. And yeah, that was good. That was funny. Well, then, you you know, funny, has there been Aussie comedy shows that you've actually liked in terms of sitcoms, not, not um, you know, not the sketch shows or, yeah. or panel shows? What Frontline. sitcoms? Yeah, Frontline, well, yeah. Well, let's think about I mean, yeah, oh, look, Frontline was good. They're, they're, they're those sort of satirical ones. I'm talking actual sitcoms. Yep. Hey, um, Dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It. Hey, hey, <laughs> groping. Hey, groping. <laughs> um, see, all together hey, now, the John hey, English one, that wasn't funny. That uh, that wasn't terribly no. funny. Um, no. Kingswood, Kingswood Country. Yeah, I've just polished the toe bar on the Kingswood. Yeah. 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 That was one gag. Um, then there put was your the money one. on the fr- put your money on the fridge, Wog. Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Then there was the one set in the garage. Oh, the is garage. That Bingles. Yeah, Bingles. That was Russell Gilbert, I think, <laughs> that, from memory. That was an, or, no, I don't think Russell was in it. Might have appeared occasionally. Might have had it. No, he wasn't in it. That was. That that was plumbing the depth. Well, that, I'm actually um, Ian McFadden might have written Bingles. I think he yeah. did actually. I think from memory. Uh, the problem is with these shows. I'm just saying Ian McFadden wrote it. He would have actually written it because any sitcom in America has 10, 12, 15 writers. Oh and that's yeah. That's where you get the quality. That's where you get the quality. Um, yeah. Then there was what was the one set in the North Pole or South Pole at some Arctic station? Oh, jeez, don't remember that one. No, me neither. Um, an Australian one? Yeah, an Aussie one. That, that it was a it comedy. Was, yeah, yeah, sitcom. Um, I'll look it up as we see. Like oh, okay. Frozen. That, that's, yeah, that's it was not... like, um, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. Arctic, okay. uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to find it. I'll yeah. tell you in a second. Okay. All right. Have I just okay. Um, Mother and Son was I. Fe- I used to that, like Mother and Son. That was a good one. That is a good one. Yeah, that was like an English show. That was had the quality of something that the BBC would make. Very much so. Yeah, very much. I so. saw the stage play of that um, a couple of years ago. 
with uh, what's the name in it and uh, Shane Jacobson and gee, that was good. It's so well written. Great show. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jeffrey Atherton, I think, wrote that. It was. Um yeah, and uh, well, the the premise there was that they weren't all stupid. They weren't all you know idiots in it. Where it didn't have to be the the dumb one to get the the, the sort of yeah uh, the dumb joke, which is what so many of our comedies are all uh, all based around that being dumb thing, which just doesn't work. Yeah, same as Friends, and but yeah, it's like who can be the dumbest? Oh, I didn't understand what was going on. You know, see, I don't, I wouldn't so watch they, I wouldn't watch an episode of Friends now if you paid me. But at the time, it was it was okay. Yeah, I just see it for the formula that it is, and then I watch Frasier, and I think, well, shit, this is really, really well written. Oh, Frasier, um, yeah, too. I, I wasn't a massive fan of Frasier, the show, because um, I didn't really like his brother's character. Oh, I love him. Yeah, yeah, so I didn't like him much. I like Frasier and Cheers. So Cheers was a great, well, that, great show. Yeah, well, it's a good concept, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like a bunch of people to hang out at a bar, you yep. know, I think. That's where I'd be heading if I was doing an Australian sitcom. I'd be looking at a bar and, you know, the people that bet on the horses and the, just the people that I see in my pub. Oh, just, finest thing where just a sitcom f- waiting to happen. Yeah, finest thing about uh, the, the TAB and the and the characters you yeah. meet in the TAB, which you did, a, a, you know, on a few episodes back, is, it, for me, is the caricature model of, uh, of what a, you know, a sitcom plot should look like. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you have... Uh, smart-ass barmaids yep. so that you can get the girl point of view across because the guys are sexist pigs, but she can stick it up them. Yep. Um, yeah, that'd be a goal for me. Yeah. Um, All right. How about, how about this for a premise for a, a comedy? Yep. Okay. Here we go. When a newly – no, sorry. When a new pretty female doctor joins a group of men confined to the lonely isolation of the Australian Antarctic Expedition – she finds that they are keenly interested in her. And it isn't just her medical skills that hold their attention. Hello, hello, hello. Starring, are you ready? Yeah. Starring Graham Blundell. Oh, God. Elvin rides again. <laughs> Paul, Paul Chubb. Right. Kevin Goldby. Oh, yeah, Kev. Kev's great voiceover man. Oh. Rock. Ruff Poonan, and as yeah. the love interest, Maggie McRae. No, well, I, don't, I don't know Maggie's work. What was it called? Went for one season in 1984. I present yeah. to you Brass Monkey. Brass Monkey. I don't Brass remember monkey. it. Don't, uh, well, Alvin, Alvin starred Graham Blundell, who, you know, gee whiz, goodness gracious me. Okay. <laughs> if you want to see why we shouldn't be, if, if you want to see why children shouldn't be allowed to play with explosives and Australians shouldn't be allowed to play with sitcoms, brass <laughs> monkeys. <laughs> yep, yep, you've got me there, Fanny. I'm, I'm with you 100%. Goodness yeah. me. So, you know, I remember they used to say that, hey, Perth was the longest running sitcom and watched by people all around the world. I mean that that wasn't funny even before we found out about no. dirty whatever his name is. Yeah. You know, so crikey. Yep. Yeah, that was shit out. Yep. Yeah, for uh, all yeah. For, for all the, the nudge was dumb, the secretary was dumb, everybody was dumb. Yep. Except the little yeah. girl who was getting molested. Yeah. 
Yeah, that that, no, that, no. that dumb thing doesn't work, and even and the and the Americans learned that too. You got to you got to be more. And that's the other thing about you know our, the thing about our, the the dialogue in our TV shows is it's so unrealistic. No one speaks the way people do speak in dialogue on Australian television. It's just yeah, they they write it so I'll say a sentence, then you say a sentence, then Barney will say a sentence, and people don't talk like that. You know, like sometimes you talk in paragraphs. Yeah, yeah, I always have one line. It reminds me of something that students write for the, you know, some in school performance in, in year 10. It's crap. Yep. Yep. And dialogue's yep. really, really easy to write, good dialogue. It's not hard to write good dialogue if you listen to people in the pub and you listen to, you know, just people you talk to. You can have a ball writing dialogue, um, yeah. and, you know, and they just stuff it up all the time. Yeah, when was the last time Peter Hellier was in a pub, not a wine bar? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't think anybody on the project panel would go to a pub. They'd all be at the wine bar. Yeah. I don't know why they have a panel, because they all have the same opinion, the same lefty opinion, but uh, well, can you know, I ask that's another story. Dan, I almost spat my tea across the floor when you said before you were watching the project. I mean, it's a big night for us. I was watching Karen Affair and you were watching the project. What are you doing watching the project? I would have thought that would be a show you'd avoided at a million miles an hour, Brian. Well, I do disagree with a lot of the things that they support, but um, the idea of having to feast my eyes on the massive Tracy Grimshaw is too much for me. Like, seriously, that girl, she's had a really good run in TV. She's a good interviewer. But if she doesn't care about her appearance anymore, it's time to pack it up and go home and give somebody else a go. There you go. Written, spoken, and authorised. <laughs> Brian Mannix of no fixed address. <laughs> no, no. And, that's and not- I, mean that in a, I mean that in a positive, constructive oh, way, of, Kev. Of course <laughs> And what is it with the couches? You get a brand new couch. I bought a new couch the other day. Did you? Suddenly there's this really good-looking girl in a short dress just sitting on it all the time. I don't know where she came from. Must have come with the couch. Must have, that would be the Nick Scarly uh, commercial that they use California Dreamin' as the soundtrack you, for. Yeah. Have you, you seen buy that? a new couch, you get a girl comes and sits on it for you. And, and, yeah, and California Dreamin' by the Mamas and Papas starts playing in the background for no apparent reason. What's that got to do with a couch? I don't know. No, just, I've been noticing, I've, uh, for some reason lately, I've been noticing an awful lot of songs from from days gone by rearing their heads in television commercials, more than I can remember for a long time. There's about 15 or 20 of them at the moment. Uh, what are they trying to prove? Well, dream, dream a Little Dream of Me, that beautiful song by Mama Cass, is in, the, uh, is in an Audi commercial at the moment. Right. Doesn't make any sense to me. In the Audi commercial, is there any traffic to the new car? No, it's... I bet there's not. No, there's not. There's no, no traffic. That's the thing. When you get a new car, there's no traffic. And if you get a good one, you get to drive it through a stream. And if it's a really good one, you get to park it on top of a mountain in the national park That's and light a fire. That's the one, yes. That's what happens if you get a new car. Right. Uh, and, the, and the other one that's uh, that's around at the moment that uh, actually I'm actually enjoying hearing the songs. I haven't heard it for so long. The go-between song, "The Streets of uh, of Your Town," is in an Ampol commercial that's around at the moment, and actually sounds really good. Well, would be hard to sound better than the original, would it? It is the original. Oh, really? It's the go-between version of "Streets of Your Town." Sounds great. 
so overrated, that band. Everybody treats them like they're gods, and really, they couldn't play very well. She's a dreadful drummer. They just ended up rooting each other and fell apart. And because they had some minimal success in England or somewhere, everybody raves about them, and they're kind of shit. But, I mean that in a positive and constructive way too. But, but uh, geez, that'll make a good sitcom. The go-between. Yeah. <laughs> well, who's, oh. who's, the, who's the female drummer? Lindy Morrison. Yeah, she's got her own ad. Yeah, the, yeah I'm saying she's in an ad. Yeah, so, she is, the apier ad. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, now that you're growing old. You don't drive as much. Yeah. Oh, God, that doesn't that make you feel old. All right, well, this will make you feel even older because our Charter Tech this week, we've gone back to the greater 3UZ. Um, 3UZ? 3UZ. I found a 3UZ chart from Friday, April 21, 1972. Oh, beauty. I'll tell you, there's an enormous (laughs) – I haven't done a count. I just had a quick look. But there seems to be an awful lot of Australian songs in this. Uh, probably the time when um, all the overseas records were banned because they wanted money off the radio station, so Fable re-recorded them all. April 72, so got- there's a few in here that that, um, that fall into that category, but I still reckon, yeah, I reckon this might have been after the record. I think the record band might have been finished by then. I, I stand to be corrected on that, but there's a lot of okay. Australian songs in it. Uh, not that many in the top ten. There's, uh, let me count them now. What do you got? Ten. We've got one... <laughs> Two, two in the top ten, but in the rest of the uh, the forty, there's heaps of them. So, spin me a number, Mister Mannix, from the uh, chart attack from Friday, April twenty one, nineteen seventy two. We'll start off with Gary Moorcroft again, number twenty nine. Number twenty nine. Ah, oh, you'll be able to sing this one beautifully, I reckon, because the bloke mm-hmm. who sang it wasn't really a great singer. Number twenty nine, David Cassidy, Cherish. Cherish is the word I use to describe all the feelings that I had held before you inside. You don't know how many times I wish that I had hold you. Oh, you how used many to times watch I the Partridge I could mold you into something to cherish me as much as I. Cherish you. Yeah. That was good. That was now very good. Da- now, my daughter's working inside and she's done a meeting. Which is and I'm in the background going, Cherish is the word. Piss off. Fair enough. Uh, okay, give me a number, Finey. And uh, there's there's a few in here. Oh, God, I'm looking at some of these ones. There's some dreadful songs in here. I'm going to go to number six. Number six? Oh. Uh, number six uh, is, this was massive. Cat Stevens' Morning Has Broken. Go on, have attempted that one, Brian. Morning has broken. Like the first morning, Blackbird has spoken. Actually, we can't have that. We can't have the Blackbird. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I sometimes wake up. I sometimes wake up singing, and I sing that song to my missus. Is it your lucky girl? Do you, do you know what I sing? Here we go. Do you know, do you know what I sing? Uh, go on. No. Wind has broken. <laughs> yes. Oh. yes, I knew wind had come in there somewhere. Okay, let me spin. Well, the- you started it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Let me spin the wheel around and I'll come up with number 20. Yeah, don't blame me. Blame Sharon Stone. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> number 21 I'm going with. 21. Oh, God. Yeah. 
Belt this one out for me, Brian. It's Benny Hill's Ernie. <laughs> oh, now that's a beauty. <laughs> oh, I let Led Zeppelin cover this. It was great. <laughs> Led Zeppelin's in this. Ernie, list. and he drove the fastest milk truck in the West. That's the one. Hang on, hang on. I mean, that's a great song. Really? <laughs> I was checking to see the line hadn't dropped out and finally hadn't been replaced by someone with no musical taste whatsoever. Um, now, Ernie loved the widow, a lady known as Sue. She lived all alone in Lindley Lane at number 22. They said she was too good for him, was haughty, proud and cheek. But Ernie got his cocoa there three times every week. They called him Ernie. <laughs> and he told the family. No card in my way. It's a great impersonation. Uh, that's just like him. That's very good for There you go. Very of, good. You're a good voice. A lot of wasted time in front of British sitcoms, obviously. That's right. That's Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> didn't he have? Didn't he have the hat uh, like turned on like uh, the F Troop d- done like F Troop in the video of that? From memory, yeah, that was. That was like, yeah. now Ernie had a rival, an evil-looking man, for <laughs> two pounds head from Teddington, and he drove the bacon's man. He tempted her with tinkle treats and tasty wholemeal bread. And when she saw the size of his hot meat pies, it nearly <laughs> turned her head. <laughs> oh, goodness me. No wonder we laughed at that when we were 13. Um, yeah. yeah. That, you know, if Ernie was in the, if Ernie was in the chart, I reckon I know another song that was in the chart at exactly the same time, sort of another another novelty English song. Yeah, go on. I'll, I'll check. What is it? It's a very old English custom that comes around four o'clock, but when you need a little pick-up, you'll always find the pick-up should always hit the spot. And it was a song about tea or something, mm-hmm. and it was by somebody with a name similar to Benny Hill, but not Benny Hill. Oh, Okay. No, I'm just going through. There's some. There's some classic songs in here. My God, um, riding through the Dandenongs I, uh, on a horse. Yeah, <laughs> that's in there. Let's, uh, let's get the classic line at the end. It says, "Enjoy your pie." <laughs> yes, enjoy your pie. <laughs> and a, more Australian than that. <laughs> and uh, didn't we have a lovely time the day we went to Bangor? Oh, yeah. No, that's not in there. Uh, what about? I remember that. Oh. He was leaning against the tits just the other day. He stuck his finger up her ass to see what she would say. Hey. He led her up the garden past the flash to her with pride. And when he stuck it up and then came out the other side. Hey, oh, what a beauty. <laughs> i never seen one as big as that before. Uh, that? Yeah, I do. I think I went to do I, I got some of the words. I think I got some of the words wrong. I, I, I do remember going to Dirty Dicks in 1972. <laughs> 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 so I reckon that's the only place where that would have been played. Uh, here we go. Now, so, now speaking, of, yeah. speaking of songs used in ads, what company used Oh What a Beauty for their ad? Oh, didn't oh. someone use it? You bet they did. Not, not, it's clearly not the Brian Mannix lyrics. Oh, <laughs> who, who used that, Fanny? Oh, in funny pies. They did too in the bus. Yeah. Oh, what's the beauty? Yes. I've never seen a pie like that before. Yes. Now, now the, the conductor of that bus is that Jack Dyer, I think, on driving the bus or the conductor? Yeah, Jack's, uh, Jack's yeah. driving. Ted Whitten's on the bus. Yes. So what's the big scam that they did on that bus? Don't know. 
because they had a big blonde-headed ruckman on the bus. I was Sam on that. Now everybody thought it was Carl Dittrich. It was this big, big blonde-headed ruckman. But Carl wouldn't do the ad. Do you know who it was? Big blonde-headed ruckman. No. It wasn't Johnny Schultz. No, it was Peter Eaton from Collingwood. Peter Eaton? I don't remember him. Good name for Pyre, though. Eating yeah. pie. Yeah. Uh, Carl Dillard. Okay. But yeah. Oh, what a beauty. Yes. Uh, now, also in this top 40, I'll just uh, we'll cut through. When You Wish Upon a Star by Jamie Redfern was number 35. Oh, we had him on the show with Alice Cooper. That was a good one. We did. Um, yeah, the, Alice Cooper and Jamie Redford on the same show. Terrific. And Alice isn't in this chart at all, but uh, the mixture's Captain Zero is. Another Aussie song. Oh, Captain Zero, the original superhero. Yep. Uh, Digby Richards, yeah. People Call Me Country. Another Aussie song in there. Russell Morris, Live With Friends. Well, well, what was that last one called? <laughs> People. Just <laughs> <laughs> say it again, Kev. Yeah, no. <laughs> People Call Me What? Hey, Brian. <laughs> that, that, that was a – who sung that? Sharon Stone. No, no. Who sung that People Call Me Country? Digby Richards. Because I got that. Because, you know what's the B side on that? No, one? I did. Oh, I, I dread to think. No, no, no. I got that. That Digby Richard single. People call me country. The B side to that was yeah, yeah. I'll get my hearing checked. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Sharon Stone did a version of oh, it as well. Stop it. Um, right. Russell. No, we're not going there. <laughs> Ted Mulley had a song in in the top forty chart. Colin Hewitt had one in day by day at thirty four. Ted had. Memories at 33. Robin Jolly had Marshall's Portable Music Machine at 32. Oh, yes. Massive song, that one. Uh, that who else? Aussies are in there. Uh, uh, the New Seekers had I'd Like to Teach the World to Sing. Jigsaw yeah. had How Do You Do. Alison McCallum had Superman. Geez, that was a good song. How do you do, 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 do. Is that how that went? Yeah, that's exactly how that went. That was that was one of the record uh, band songs, I think, because there was a mob, Mouth of McNeil or whatever it was in England had the hit with that and Jigsaw did it out here. Yeah, the sounds Mer- very English. The Merceps were in. The Merceps, excellent, backwards. Exactly, with Esmeralda. Um, what else? John Young's Pasadena and, and under the name John Young, not John Paul Young. Um, the Bee Gees were in with My World. Uh, Jerry and the Joy Band, which was Jerry Humphreys, had uh, Rave On, the old Buddy Holly song. Oh, nice. Alex Cadell's band New Dream were in with Turn 21. Don't know that. Yeah, no, that was a big, big song in Melbourne. Uh, and then we get to the ones in the top ten. Number seven was uh, Johnny Chester with Shame and Scandal. Ah, oh, well, is me. Here's says a story. Unity. Your daddy is your daddy, but your daddy don't know. Oh. Hey, oh. excuse me. Oh, geez, that's a singer. Uh, and the number two, yeah, you're, you're, you're. number two song was an Aussie too. It was uh, Billy Thorpe and the Aztecs. Most people I know. Right. Yeah. All right. So the top ten is, is the top ten. Come on, sing it, Brian. Sing it, Brian. Was the orange and the green in there? His father, he was orange, and me mother, she was green. Oh, it was the biggest mix-up that you have ever seen. That's about 1968. Oh. That was 1968, oh, okay. I reckon. We'll get that one in the 60s. Now, the top ten, here we go. Uh, number, 10 oh. was, number ten was Give Ireland Back to the Irish by Wings. 
Oh, yeah. Number nine was Horse With No Name, America. Number eight was Joy by Apollo 100. That was that instrumental. Seven was Johnny Chester and Jigsaw. Six was Brand New Key by Melanie. Oh, yeah. Uh, five was Morning Has Broken by Cat Stevens. Four was Without You by Nilsson. Yeah. Oh, three Nilsson, was. Nilsson, Nilsson. Yep. Uh, yeah. Three was uh, Rangers Waltz by the Mums and Dads. Oh. Yeah, exactly. That oh, that's a. The Mums and Dads. Was that the Australian version of the Mummers and the Puppies? No. Heck, you call it a band, the Mums and Dads. Well, they were of English. <laughs> they're an English instrumental group, and they did. Uh, the Rangers Waltz, I'm sure, was a, just an instrumental. It was an awful, awful song. Um, but the charts were accurate. But all four names were banned, the mums and dads. Well, they were mums and dads. It was it was that. It was, you know, day trip to Bangor and all that sort of stuff. Uh Thorpey oh, was number good. two. And the number one song uh on the twenty first of April nineteen seventy two on the greater three UZ uh, top forty chart, um yeah. was Don McLean's American Pie. Ah, oh, well, it's a classic, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Absolute classic. Yeah. All right. As Sharon Stone said, regrets are like farts. You can't take them back. That is rock and roll for another week. Hope you've enjoyed it as much as I did. Sharon, take it easy. Oh, seriously. Oh, Sharon, uh, what a match. It's, Whoa, baby. It's been, it's been interesting catching up with you too. I look forward to next week. Thank you for your kind, uh, thank you for your kind attendance. Go in peace, my son. Yes, you too. Uh, thanks, Fanny. <laughs> See you next week. Bye right now. Bye-bye. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.